Welcome to Anchored and Devoted. I'm Pastor Joseph and... Hey, I'm Pastor Jer. As you can hear, he is overly excited this morning or this afternoon or this evening, whenever you're listening to it. We're streaming it to you live from... No, I'm just joking. <laughs> we recorded it earlier. Um, but <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Um, thanks for paying attention. Thanks for sharing our foolishness. Today, we are talking about the fun topic of potty mouths. Right? Like Sorry. people who share expletives to communicate their disapproval with things sometimes using and i think we'll even have to stack you know kind of segregate different types of swearing i guess not that i mean like kid kid swear versus or christian swearing versus mm -hmm. actual swearing versus mm -hmm. you know professing the name of god in vain like you know there's we already dealt with taking the lord your name your god's name i vain. know I, but it's 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 still one of those things where it still fits in as a category I agree. Um, but anyway so we're talking about let's have a fight right here on national radio <laughs> radio <laughs> that would be fun if we did get the anyway. wfit where the combat what, comes what, what is that that's not even a local radio station um <laughs> if it is i don't know what it is he was just singing country music a moment ago so, no, no, no. I was sure. I was singing the boys to men version. Oh, you were? I wasn't sure. Cause I mean there's there's both versions of I Swear. Yeah. Um, and it was the the minion theme song for one of their movies at the end, <laughs> as well as sung at countless weddings. Naturally. <laughs> um, which was hilarious or is hilarious. But wow, we are so sideways. Um again, welcome. <laughs> Dude, what are we talking about as far as swearing? Hey, so Dave, uh, I already remember going back to say 2000, 1998, 99, somewhere in there. That's a long when time I started ago. taking, uh, That's I started taking classes. Hey, we'll skip right past that one. <laughs> Go ahead. So in these years, in this epoch of time, you know, now historically, I started going to my local community college. Okay. Um, as it was the right, you know, next step for my my life, and two things greeted me there. Um, one was the the quad at this community college, which wasn't a huge community college, but in our state and even in the nation, it's one of the top rated community colleges. It, it's a it's a decent school. Um, the quad for our community college was mm -hmm. not terribly large, but it was very evidently the smoking spot on campus because literally every inch of every crack between every slab of concrete and the quad had at least seven cigarette butts in it. And it wasn't oh, yeah. like there weren't ashtrays and cigarette receptacles all around the thing, but people would smoke and they just toss the, the butt in the ground. And it shocked me. I was like, how, I mean, why? And why are you not throwing them away? And why, why is apparently everyone gets to college and like, you know what? I'm going to start pulling out some marble reds. Why? I didn't understand it. But the second thing, which was like unto it, to use some old King James, was uh, <laughs> okay. as I was walking through the quad, <laughs> as I was walking through the quad, it, it, was, it was very evident that everybody at the school seemingly believed that the F word was an adjective that should be inserted at least every two words. 
And this was also a surprise to me and a shock because I had been in my community. I had been in my neighborhood. I had been living. I don't think extremely um, sheltered. Some was sheltered, not extremely sheltered. But the level of profanity that was present here on the campus was startling. And it wasn't being used in a way that was sort of aesthetic or artistic. It was, it was just vulgar in the, in the true sense of the term. It was, it was pedestrian. It was common. It mm -hmm. was street-level speech by street-level people who were at not a street-level place. A university, a college, is not a place where vulgarity is the, should be the norm. The idea okay. is that you go to school to elevate yourself because you've already been elevated to elevate yourself further. And so okay. to put into that the vulgarity was a bit of a mismatch of ideas. Right. And, and since that time, so the question here that I'm looking at, a lot of backstory, but bear with me. Thank you. Bear with me. <laughs> Since that time, the question in my mind has shifted from uh, why should I not use this kind of language to why is this language used? Mm -hmm. And is language being used well for the purpose of language? Okay, well, I mean, I do believe that the culture has shifted to the point where, as you stated, it has become more like salt or pepper um in conversations uh, as opposed to uh, communicating um uh, the fullness of disappointment or hurt or disagreement um it used to be that you know profanity was um viewed in such a way that you would never attribute it to yourself um <clears throat> this year i watched enough of the emmys to make my head hurt and I'm sorry. And I was surprised at how many people, um, you know, cursed in jokes to communicate stuff as well as cursed in direction to themselves. Um, one young lady, you know, she was determined to consider everyone in the, you know, I would consider a negative light. I, I do not view her as such, even though she classified herself as a female dog. Um, but that, that was her desire and she was proud of it. And that, <clears throat> that ability, at least I believe culturally to try and own something that shouldn't be owned or to try and make something acceptable that isn't acceptable, um, is, you know, when we talk about relative truth and we talk about um, uh, being able to um, have accountability, I see that lacking when I see individuals who don't understand the power of the tongue, don't understand, um, again, they're created in the image of God, don't understand um, that their words are recorded and that, mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that there is power. Like, there's so much there and being made in the image of God to, to speak life as well as hope and so much good stuff. And instead, um, as you stated, we've seen in our culture a push um, to move lower, 
That's it, exactly. Right. It, it, it moved to, we want, it, it's iconoclastic is what it is. Mm-hmm. We want to take anything that is above us and break it down so that we're all of the same level. That way, no one can say that they're better than me. And we, we've done that with speech as well as in a number of different areas. Well, the, the tough part for me is that um, in so many cultures, you look to expand um, the vocabulary, mm-hmm. um, to look at the, the subtle differences because there are and is so much uniqueness just in the snow, yes. or just in you know, so many of the things that are around us that God has created, and yet to uh, label others, label yourself, to um, engage with others in such a way that this label is um, is for everyone, and it it shows the hurt that you're feeling, but not as it was originally intended. Well, because see, if it's applied to everyone, it can't be you know, effective. Like it's, it's like it's saying, not actually describing you. If you're describing everyone as being the same, correct. Because we can all look and say, you know, very easily, very subjectively, very discriminatorily, we're not all the same. And, and with, this, with no other statement after that, we're just not the same. There are distinctions here. Very much so. But the question for me is what is the purpose of language? And there's, there's at least two that are really important here. One, language exists to enable us to discriminate well, to be able to describe, distinguish, and describe and define what the differences and similarities are between things, mm-hmm. which, as you say, means that when we find something that is not exactly like something else, then there's a place for a new word to come in to describe that particular thing. And this goes all the way back to the garden where God says to Adam, you go and name the animals. Mm-hmm. A hippo is not a horse, is not an elephant. Correct. There are distinctions. Give it a name. That's what? a part of being like me. That, that, that's one part. But the other part of language is to be able to communicate, and not just communicate, because communicate is not just about transfer of information. Communication is about is about transfer or transmission of relationship in the midst of or in the vehicle of the spoken word. Mm. Now, one of the things that we do trans that we are communicating in our words is our emotions, our our the intensity of what it is that we're saying. And this is where one of the areas where we have ways to express intensity. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that we have is foul language. We have ways to describe things, and one of the ways that we can describe things is with explicit language. But just because something can be done that way doesn't mean it is necessarily the best way to do it, or even the most effective way to do it. And that's where maturity, what it looks like as we grow, because I'm not sitting here saying, you know, 2000. 11, the world changed and we all started using, it's not the case. I've read enough history, profanity and vulgarity go back as long as people have been speaking. There was an expectation within culture that as you grew, as you became elevated yourself in your mind and in your society, 
that you left the base things and the vulgar things behind. Mm-hmm. So that even if you were in the ruling class of a feudal country somewhere 400 years ago, and you might use base language within your very personal friends to as a means of expressing intensity, mm-hmm. that was one thing, but it was fully expected that when you were in public, you were going to communicate in a way that showed decorum, that showed the level of your station. And we, we've, we, that's one of the things that we have attacked as being a problem because classism has been declared to be only negative. And I think that's a loss to us. I, I don't, well, I'll have to wrestle with the classism part. I, I do believe um, that there is. Um, I think we should wrestle with the classism part. Well, but another say time. Again? I think we should wrestle with the classism, but another time. But yes, that's, I just need to chew on it. I, I, I do think there's been um, a glorification of um, <clears throat> extremism. Um, I mean, we can look at language, but we can look at other things as well. It's not and, just And there language. has been tremendous misuse and abuse of position and harm done as a result of the differences in class. But I, you know, the queen died only recently, and we had a president whose term ended shortly before that, and uh, both were of a class. One of them, one of those two people comported themselves according to their position, and the other did not. I don't see the You're trying to pull me into the classism conversation. I see that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But did they? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to stick with. Sure, let's do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I said once in a conversation with some friends, swear words are like ketchup. Everyone likes a little ketchup on their hot dog or their hamburger, but no one wants to make a meal out of it. Really? I don't, I don't see it as ketchup at all. Well, I, you said salt and pepper. I, I said salt and pepper earlier just to kind of start the conversation i personally feel it's more like poop like i just don't find it anywhere and yet i know pastors that curse and they confuse me to no end and i i know we said started off by saying i think we start off by saying swearing i yeah, meant to did. say cursing because swearing okay. is something different when you swear so can you d- define that for us real quick What's um, so uh you know Scripture makes it clear that your yes be yes and your no be no because you don't have control over anything. So you shouldn't be swearing by anything or making oaths or promises that you can't keep because you can't even state whether you're going to exist tomorrow, let alone make it through the afternoon. So why swear or make an oath by anything, including by God? And so okay. when you use the Lord's name in vain, that's how it kind of comes in, whether you're swearing by him or just swearing using his name, that line gets blurred because you are stating you have some control that you don't have and that's the huge negative right he is god he is lord he can defend himself he doesn't need me to speak on his behalf and yes he will judge those who misuse his name mm-hmm. whether they're swearing by it or swearing at it inappropriately mm-hmm. so that's the your category is that making an right. oath promising to do something and using and this it, thing 
exactly. as the surety of my rectitude. Exactly. Swearing. When I have been made new in Christ, I am redeemed, I am transformed, so I just need to do the things that I've been called to do and live them out in ways that glorify God. So when I, let's get back to swear, I mean to cursing, when I use words inappropriately that do not glorify God and do not build relationships with others, I have to see it as a negative thing. So, so yeah, you, you haven't defined cursing, or what is cursing, though? So what is your definition? I did swearing. What's your definition? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I use them somewhat interchangeably. Mm -hmm. I agree that swearing is what you described it as, but for the common use of swearing Correct. and cursing, I'm going to use them the same. And I'm same going here. to say to, to do cursing is using vulgar language, language mm -hmm. that the MPAA has to put a higher <laughs> rating once you use it, even if they oh, allow you can't it. Worldly standard. Easy for hey, I'm just saying, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about cussing. Yeah. Okay, I'm not talking about cursing a tree and saying, oh, you tree, may you never bear fruit again. Correct. We're talking about looking at people again that bear the image of God and treating them as though they don't or right. identifying them with things that are not of them and that's not meant to be of them. Um, you know, calling someone a poop, because <laughs> I know the poop emoji is pretty cool right now. That's not That's not cool. Like, they don't... You bear the image of God, and so does that other person. How does that move the conversation forward in relationship? Yeah, there's, and see, this is where I, I, I don't know if there was quote-unquote cussing in biblical times, but I have to believe that there was something akin to it, whether it was called cursing or strong language. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't come up with those because it's been around for a started it. And, and the thing is, in most cultures, there's some level of vulgar also means common. To, mm -hmm. to speak in the vulgar tongue means the common tongue. In most, in most languages, there are terms of endearment that exist to communicate love, affection, and closeness mm -hmm. that do literally translate to when speaking to my baby, you're my little poop because <laughs> I poop you out. And it's a, it's a, I, it's I, I get it, but it's not the same. <laughs> I think, I think though, it has to be taken into consideration when we're having this conversation because again, the question I have to ask is not are there words that are off limits that should never leave my mouth, but what's the purpose of speech and how has God told me I should be using my language and my words? Right. When I this look at scripture, it doesn't say don't curse. What it does okay. say is let you. I'm your not saying start judging people in the world by the same standards that I hold you by. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying. He holds me to higher standards. Just in When case I sit down at a conference and a pastor gets up in front of me in Texas, I'm throwing just straight shade, um, <laughs> and starts cursing as though that's part of his sermon, because it is. This is not an illustration. He's just talking. Um, there's an issue there. There's a problem with the heart. Um, you know, he can get up later and apologize because a bunch of pastors spoke to him, but the fact is it naturally rolled off of his tongue and that's a heart issue. And so see, for I'm, me, when I say I agree with that and that that's the question, because the fact that the, the cursing was used is an indication of something. And this wasn't an anger. This wasn't like, and that doesn't, I'm not saying that's a good thing because 
When you're angry, it still shows me your heart too. So I'm not saying that, you know, you're excused because you're angry and you're cursed. I'm saying if you do it casually and you do it when you're angry or you do it when you're angry, it's still an issue that tells me your heart is not in the place where you either cry out to God or you understand that the pain is temporal and this is an opportunity to grow. Like, or that you have learned to exercise self-control, to correct. control your tongue, as James says, correct. to bring your thoughts and your words into captivity to the obedience of Christ, correct. to not let any evil thing depart from your mouth, but only those things which are good and are profitable and useful for the building up of the saints in their you act faith. like you read your Bible. Hey, just say it. <laughs> just say it. It Let, does say it. It's it does. That's exactly what it says. When it comes well, to people exactly. that are cursing others, as well as cursing themselves, and they classify themselves, getting back to class, as a believer, a follower. Right. I have an issue. That there's a distinction here where when you are um when you are trying again to communicate that you have a better way, what are you laughing at? Uh, I, derail. Don't don't even ask. <laughs> again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not gonna go down whatever rabbit trail you're thinking about. The <laughs> the the truth that we need to be, and we talked about this in the other episode, you know, slow to anger. Yep. Um, I mean, you know, slow to, slow speak, to speak, fast to hear. And swift to hear is yeah. real when it comes to how we use our tongues. And there, at least for me, there isn't that space. Um, when I look at Jesus, the guy I'm following, where... He was loose with his tongue. I don't get that. I don't get that at all. And I know that he's perfect. I know that he's holy. And yes, I'm called to be holy. And I'm in the process of sanctification. So I get it. If you came to Christ yesterday and you're working through this and you're feeling judged, God bless you. Congratulations. Let's, we, let's work on it. Be intentional to make this not a habit. Mm -hmm. Right? Break that habit. You're not excused because you're new. But understand... Um, that this is something scripture makes it clear. How does salt water and good water come out of the same space, especially when it comes to my brother? If I'm cursing these image bearers, I, I just struggle with that. How then can I love them well? Right. This is this scripture again does not say don't do this. Scripture tells us the way to do it, tells us what the standard is to be, and then says to us, don't you know that polluted water and fresh water can't come out of the same stream? Therefore, cursing and blessing should not be coming from the same tongue. It <laughs> ought not to be this way. So he, says, he doesn't say don't do it. He says this is not the way it's supposed to be, which, which is an interesting way because there's lots of commands in Scripture, right? Mm -hmm. But this is one where I think what, what it really boils down to is this is an issue of maturity and discernment. Mm-hmm where you are to be controlling yourself and you are to be aligning yourself with the way God has, the pattern that God has called us to. Does God curse? Yes, he does. Will God curse at the end of my life? Well, hopefully not the end of my life. I believe he will not because <laughs> Jesus has already been the curse for me. 
But there's going to come a time when God will curse the angels. He will curse those who are damned to hell. And it will be final. And it will be right and righteous. And when Jesus, in confronting the Pharisees, is calling them sons of serpents, calling them, saying, mm -hmm. your father is the devil, mm -hmm. calling them dogs, yes, it's yeah. very strong language. Mm -hmm. But that's Jesus. And because Jesus did, I don't think that we have the freedom to say, well, if Jesus did, then I can do it. Because well, I don't Jesus. see it. But well, even in that, I don't see it as a loose tongue, though. Exactly. Like just as when he went into it the wasn't temple just and was turning Jesus over stuff, I don't, intense. I don't, I don't see that as him having a loose tongue or having unhealthy anger. He's very clear. Now, that was a righteous anger. This is one of those things where you walk into the temple and this is not meant to be. It's supposed to be a house of prayer. And so I say that, you know, when we talk about ourselves, the spirit lives within us. Are we a temple of prayer? If your tongue is one where you're cursing others constantly, it can't be because you're supposed to be communing with him. It just or, it's like or it if you're if you're constantly cursing whatever it is, whether it's a person or it just Anything. becomes that adjective. When my brother served uh, served in the Marine Corps when and when he returned from the twelve weeks on Paris Island for Marine Corps boot camp, my parents were in the middle of putting an addition on their house, and we were over. At the house one day, helping my dad on the second story, getting the walls ready to put the, uh, the roof trusses up. My brother's standing up there on the wall and turns to my dad and he says, uh, Hey, dad, would you, uh, would you hand me the effing hammer? <laughs> <laughs> and my dad looks at him and says, uh, The what? And ben, my brother. I don't know which brother it was. Just, <laughs> you just put him out. <laughs> and no, I can clip that and post. <laughs> no. <laughs> My brother says, oh, I'm sorry. It's, uh, I, I just got back from the island. And the, and the truth is he did. And there were some thousand of Marines and pre-Marines on this island where, yes, cursing and the F-bomb were as common as air. Mm -hmm. And I, the, the thing is, does it make it wrong to go there? No. But can you exist there and not become penetrated by it? Yeah. And the, the answer to that is only with a lot of work. Yeah. Only and again, with it depends a on, lot of work. It depends on where your focus is as well. If you, if you understand that I can be in the culture without being of the culture, that I can genuinely love the people around me without sounding like them. Like it's not the standard. I can be an ambassador for Christ. And it doesn't mean I'm repping the biggest cross or got the biggest cross tattoo when I'm on the island. It means that I'm genuinely engaging with the people because that's what why it's in the conversation. They're trying to almost have their own code of, are you a part of us? Well, I can engage. Mm -hmm. I can participate. I don't need to lower myself to that level to do it, though. So let me ask you a question here. When you spent your time at uh, the Naval Academy, mm -hmm. and you were having to, in your second and first year, run mm -hmm. leaves through the grinders, mm -hmm. I I'm guessing here mm -hmm. that there was as much profanity there, or slightly less than there was at Paris Island. I'd say it's about the same. 
I would guess. <laughs> what did you do to both protect yourself and to guard your speech? Um, How I, did you do at doing? Was I it continued to surround myself with believers where I could find them, even if they weren't believers that I fully agreed with on every spiritual <laughs> thing. I'm just being honest. We had groups where. If you were a Christian and you were Presbyterian, Baptist, Methodist, we didn't care. Come in this group. We prayed together. We could all yeah. do that. Um, we were able to, you know, sing uh, certain worship songs together as well. And just agree that we were going to be community, even though we, you know, in the rest of the Western world uh, would disagree on, on some things. Um, and then also uh, intentionally... Um, having a, a, a true quiet time with God where I talked about um, individuals that I wanted to be my friend mm. and relationships that I wanted to go deeper with, but there are other things in the way, <clears throat> right? And, and I don't require a friend to be a believer. Um, I, I do know that it's hard for someone who is not to be my friend um, mm. because just as I don't, I'm not going to be ashamed of what I believe. So, I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to laugh. I'm still going to ask them, you know, what's going on and be myself. Um, normally people knew that I genuinely believed what I believed. So they just didn't invite me to things. The same, it was funny. Same thing happened in high school. Um, they would just tell me we're having a party and we don't want to invite you because you know, you wouldn't have fun. Whereas the other things they would invite me. Yeah. We're going out on a boat. Come on, let's go fishing or. We're moving somebody's house. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's that's some shade right there for someone else but that has nothing to do with this <laughs> so, so, so but let me ask you this though so how did you do were you cussing at the firsties when you were doing no. group inspections and, no and I, I, I it's it's one of those things where because of the household i grew up in i don't like people yelling at me period but mm -hmm. me yelling at someone else just doesn't really work but then to slather cursing on top of it that really doesn't work you know so you I, had to get over the yelling thing just because that's a part of what you got to do. Well, even when I was, um, you but know, you're kind of a big guy. So well, even when I was a senior or junior at the, you know, academy, um, I, I still chose to respect the plebs that were you know, in my company as well as in my squad. Mm -hmm. um, the freshmen are called plebs. Um, I don't believe that the yelling at least for me, it's not a motivator. Relationship is a motivator. So if I can get people to the space where they understand that I care for them, I know that they're more likely to accomplish the task. Um, and I can also free them to accomplish the task without the micromanaging. I know this is getting into a leadership podcast now. But anyway. <laughs> There's the, nothing wrong with that. The... Um, the yelling and screaming, as well as the profanity on top, causes you to become very emotional. Um, and that is the goal often to pull emotional responses out of the individual in front of you. Again, get that passion you mentioned earlier mm -hmm. um, to be shared or connected with or related to. Um, I personally view there to be other ways to do that that are better than cursing. Um, and so for me, there was an opportunity to laugh together, which I find to be a better emotion than the uh, yelling. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, there was the 
the relational aspect of sharing stories, which other companies didn't do that well. I enjoyed hearing the stories of my mids from Podunk Nowhere and understanding the culture they came from and the wonky environments and um, allowing bonding to take that way as opposed to through fear or um, a presentation of anger. Uh, you, I mean, there are many individuals who believe that is power. Um, and, and I think that's where that glorification of it comes from is that it, if I speak this way, then I hold power. Um, but it's false. It's fake. Certainly in the, in the context of the military, but I think in the broader context, society, it's not power, it's authenticity. And I think the same glorification okay. applies here. I'm just being that. authentic, throwing out all of this new language. That. I don't like the use of the word authentic, but I can go with it. <laughs> well, I, I don't either. I think it's a false, um, it's a false description of what is authentic. But I think that is the idol that's being put forward there. Which, which leads to my final question here for this, because I have no idea how long we've gone so far. But what about the uh, the junior? Thirty some minute. Junior curses. Oh, Heck, the JV Jones. Darn. The, yeah, the, the Christian curses. Yeah. I was going to go the one, somewhere. The ones my kids can't say at their school. Girl, they go to I'm, okay, school. I will answer your question, but I'm going to answer it via an the, dealing with something I want to deal with. I think... <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, it's our podcast, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> I got to multitask. I think the issue we're wrestling with is transparency versus vulnerability. Um, and transparency being something mm. opaque mm. Uh, to the point of... Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of clear, but it's not. Like, I kind of see in there versus, honestly, the vulnerability of, um, I need your help. I need y'all to stay awake while I go pray. Like, that's, <laughs> that's right. you know, I'm, I'm genuinely being vulnerable. I don't want to do this. This is where we are. I need some time with God. I've invited you into it. I need your assistance. I'm being vulnerable as opposed to transparency, which allows you to see some things, but doesn't allow you to get to the heart of the person, doesn't allow you to engage with their story. It allow, maybe allow you to hear their story from the past tense, which is something a lot of our leaders are really good with. They'll tell you the past, but they won't invite you into the present and definitely won't let you participate in engaging with their plan or vision for the future. That is, again, a part or a portion of transparency it's not even full transparency let me ask you this, okay because I'm, I'm trying to understand this but mm -hmm. i want to see if i'm getting this would you then say that transparency and authenticity or vulnerability transparency lets you see enough so that you respect me mm -hmm. vulnerability lets you see me so that you may know me definitely transparency is glass window in front of you <laughs> vulnerability is open door come in mm -hmm. be with me Right, Rich big, man. big difference. And so when we talk about everyone who waited to the end of the podcast, listen the whole way through, you're getting the good stuff now. <laughs> so when we talk about the junior cursing, right? Yeah. Whether you know whatever it is, because each culture has their own version of it. I was watching some British shows and picked up some language, and a pastor looked at me, and goes, "Do you know what that means?" And I was like, "No." They said on the British Channel during my mysteries and whatnot. He was like, "That's a curse word in London." I was like, "Oh, I did not know that." And I was like, the dude always says it. I just assumed it was something funny. Um, and so if you don't know what you're saying, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then the second thing, when it comes to your heart, 
if you stub your toe and you, as you stated, Jeremy, say darn or something else to put in that space where the curse would have been, again, God sees your heart. He knows what's on your heart. So you might as well have gone for it, in my opinion, as opposed to this pseudo, again, transparency. Like I'm, I'm putting up a shield so that you know something, but I'm not giving you all of me. If you're angry and you're hurting, God says, come to him. Give him your all. He wants your all. Don't give him the fake stuff and then act as though that's real. He knows. He can see. That's the funny so part. So you're saying it's okay to cuss in your prayers to God because that is, in fact, being vulnerable. Yes, that is. That really. But to cuss in public and then sanctify your prayers by keeping it PG is, is, is actually a lie. Exactly. That, to me, I, I can't handle. I can't handle That's it. not trusting God. That's correct. pretending that God can't see you and not giving him, it's, not saying, hey, respect. I want you to know me for everything I am, and I'm trusting you with my deepest and I think hurts. people need to reconcile that, that God is big enough to handle our inappropriate language toward him. Yes, he could smite you. Yes, he could turn you into a dust ball. But he could have done that before you were born. <laughs> like, he, he's, he's mature enough himself, you know, eternal, forever, great wisdom, to handle us speaking inappropriately and challenging things in ways that are not the best way. Just look at Job. Right. Um, but understand he is also gracious and merciful and forgiving. And so if you need to do that, to be honest, again, being vulnerable, then do that. That's where it should be with him so that you can say, okay, you know what? I messed up yesterday or this afternoon or five minutes ago. I need your help with taking this from my lips, from my heart, from my hands, this anger, this inability to communicate, teach me a better way, Lord. Mm -hmm. Not, I'm going to hang around my boys or my girls, and we're going to watch whatever TV show where they're cursing, like they're handing out Doritos, and we're cursing like we're handing out the dip that goes with the Dorito. It, this is not what we're called to be. Our purpose is so much greater. Don't be the Pharisee. At least for me, that's what I see when I hear individuals who claim Christ and are cursing so freely and then are ready to take communion on Sunday. You're just like, right. oh my, you washed the bowl outside pretty good. And you haven't touched the inside at all. <laughs> hmm. Well, the only thing that we haven't touched on here yet is uh, when it comes to JV cursing, when uh, Paul says don't get caught up, don't get sidetracked by arguments about words. I think this is one of the things that falls in that category. Yeah. I think this really comes down to, do you trust God? Are you going to open yourself up in humility and vulnerability to him, or are you going to try to present through the use of your language this exterior of strength and power and realness, quote unquote, that is in fact just taking the sludge off the street, off, off the bottom of your shoes and saying, this, this will show you who I am. Here's my calling card. We, we can do better. And that's why I think Paul says, or James says, it ought not to be this way. This is not an issue of, hey, that's sin, stop doing that. This is, you should know better. And you can do better. And we expect you to do better. And we're calling you and encouraging you to do better because you can. And it's right. And it's good. That's why it's called 
better. Okay, I think you landed. <laughs> I tried not to land too heavy because I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't see scripture hand, you know, slamming this one. Scripture slams a lot of things. This is one of the ones where it's like, you know what? You knew. Try again. All right. We'll land again. There you go. You have a blessed, blessed day. Thanks for listening to Two Crazies in a Box, Anchored and Devoted. Please be anchored in him and live out. Live out your faith. Absolutely. Dave asked earlier what I was laughing at. I'll tell you now because it's at the end here. Rolling credits are going. <laughs> Dave talks with his hands, and you guys can't see this. Dave oh. talks with his hands more than I do, and I'm Italian. <laughs> so I was watching him, and it looked like he was doing like a wax on, wax off thing. <laughs> <laughs> <It> made me <laughs> chuckle. <laughs> okay. Have see a good you guys. One. <laughs>